Hello, Stacy. Hello, Rich. Hello, and welcome to the home of professional podcast. <laughs> We're only, you know, a week late. <laughs> right. Well, as we so often say, it is as good as it's going to get. Right. I think it should just be, it is what it is. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. Uh, and also, we're doing this uh, remotely from our phones. Uh, just right. It's the only way at this point that it was going to happen. So. Well, it's a handy function of the Anchor app. And so I think we can recommend to in doing some sort of podcast uh the anchor app is a really good way to go it's free it's pretty easy to use and it gets you on all the major uh platforms we're not sponsored i wrote an article uh this morning about how to get how to attract sponsorships for your podcast well there you go i will tell you about that later (laughs) um i think you should probably put that to work yeah uh, so anyway, we are going to try to make this work. I, uh, I'm currently in my basement because I have a, a sleeping three-year-old and two sleeping dogs that I'm trying not to bother. Hey, as uh, long as those dogs stay asleep, you're good. The, right. The three-year-old's probably not getting up anytime soon. Probably not, unless he has to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> but, uh, my furnace is down here, so my air, my air is blowing, so I apologize for any background noise, but it is a hot one, as Rob Thomas would say. So it the air is, the air is on. <laughs> it happens when you're part of a matchbox. Yes, that is true. Never but thought of that one. <laughs> anyway, and you have with well, the reason one of the reasons we're we're doing this right now is because it is uh, Fair Week here in Berrien County, which is a big deal. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so a lot of it's Berrien County Youth Fair, and a lot of kids in the area uh, participate in that in different ways. And your your daughter did several different events and, and showed a few different things. And yeah, she had a real good day today. She finished up with her uh, gym with uh, one of the horses that she took up there and uh, did real well. I think he, he placed in uh, all but one of the Gymkhana events, and she took third um, She took third in her uh, age bracket. So she was nice. pretty about that. Nice. Good times. And, yeah. you know, a lot of local kids and kids from our church and whatever else, all over the community, you know, participate oh, yeah, in that. Oh, yeah. So, we could have church gatherings up there because there are so many folks. <laughs> we probably should have. That would have got it done. Ah, there's the dog already. <laughs> so, anyway, we're going to try to make this work because uh, Fair Week kind of screws things started. up sometimes. Yeah. Um, you, we, in the past years, when you've been at the fair, we've been able to do it remotely from there, but schedules just didn't line up this, this year. So that's okay. We will, we will get something to you guys. Better late Even, than now. And you know, yes. the, the content is worth doing. So we want to make sure that, uh, while the, the podcast itself may not be the slick operation that we advertise, uh, the content. <laughs> do, still, do we uh, advertise? <laughs> <laughs> it is still, you know, we're, uh, we're looking we'd at like the, to think it's the, worthwhile. Well, the word of God is the foundation for it. We want to make sure that however much uh, fun and fooling around we have along the way, we don't want to, we don't want to wander too far away from God's word. Cause sure. that's what we're here to do is to try to connect the reality of God to the realities of life. And in this particular case, dealing with the reality of Christian submission. And uh, I think that is a particularly difficult thing for us as humans. Uh, we, even even those who have more timid personalities may submit on, 
uh, a certain level easily, but we have a tendency to to not want to submit rightly properly. Right, and we've we've been going through that in different, uh, I, I guess, subcategories over the last couple of weeks, two or three yeah. weeks. And this past week, uh, we were talking about Christian submission when, as it pertains to the workplace, uh, in particular. And I know that. Yeah, and, and really beyond that, I mean, that was kind of where where I started. Right. I was going to say, I know you initially before. wanted to like refer to this as slaves and masters, <laughs> but yeah. it kind of it kind of leans itself. Uh, if people want to understand it a little a little easier to the workplace, I, I guess. Well, and I think now as, I, as I'm understanding it a little bit better, I, I think it really leans it, lends itself toward um, not only the workplace, but um, but a, really our identity. When we're looking at uh, our position in society, and we hear so much about that today, whether it's, you know, uh, gender roles or uh you know, critical theory in a number of uh, situations. We see it a lot in critical race theory, but uh, critical gender theory. There's all sorts of different uh, aspects of critical theory and the idea behind it uh, in, in a broad grand sense is the class struggle between oppressed and oppressor. And, you know, there's, you know, that's a gross simplification of it. Right. By no means an expert on the, uh, on the minutiae of critical theory, but that's kind of the core of it. And, and as we're looking at Ephesians 5, uh, particularly uh, 21 to 33, and this week specifically, Ephesians 5, 21 to 6, 9, uh, we've been focusing in this particular Sunday uh, on verses 5 through 9, but the idea of in looking at this is that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so when we look at the world through a secular lens, a secular worldview, makes this whole idea of Christian submission mean something entirely different than what it actually means or, or, or how uh, the writers of scripture intended it, how the Lord intends it. And we begin to see it through that, that lens of, uh, haves and have-nots, oppressed and oppressors. And, and so when we fall into that, I, I started to slip on Sunday into talking a little bit about Marx and Hegel, and I didn't really mean to do that, but I got caught up with myself. So, But as we're looking at it in, in Ephesians 5 and 6, um, the, the thing that Paul is getting to in uh, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, is that Christian conduct is not based on our position in society, but on our position in Christ. That, that was our mm-hmm. core reality. And that's why I think, uh, <clears throat> it, kind of contrary to what I had initially said, it's not that it doesn't apply to the workplace. It, it certainly does, which is why I'm 9-5 in the church service. But, you know, <laughs> it was just fun to do. <laughs> yeah, and, and we try to avoid doing things just right. for fun. The reality of that... Uh, the, the class struggle present in that song uh, right. tells us something about the the mentality and the approach in the approach itself. And so the the extension of this and the slaves and masters idea that Paul has, it, it's so much bigger than just going to work because the reality is you and I choose in our free society, we choose 
what we do, you know, when we, when we go to work, we are making, uh, in essence, a, a contract uh, right. between ourselves and our employer that we will render unto them a certain service and they will render unto us a wage. And so right. if at some point that becomes uh, to either of us, then we can, at, at the very least, theoretically walk away from that. Right. And, uh, you know, and obviously some situations are easier for that than others. And there's a lot of the application right now that, that uh, we're, as we talk about the, the mandated for coronavirus, uh, there are a number of different levels that we need to be examining this. And, and so I just talked about a lot and, and that, that, and, you know, some comments from some of the Olympians who represent Christ uh, kind of backed me up a little bit to say, wait a minute, maybe this is bigger than work. Maybe this is more about our status, our position, the things that we don't choose because in, in first century Ephesus slaves didn't, you know, generally choose that, right? You're, that you're kinda, in, and he, he, <laughs> well, implied by the word slave, right? Right, and yeah, we we don't we think of slavery in terms of the transatlantic slave trade and the right. chattel slavery that that we're familiar with in American history, right. and that's not quite the same idea uh, as you look at slavery throughout the globe in world history, and mm -hmm. particularly when you look back to the first century, but. Even even those who uh, you know were who sold themselves into slavery to cover debts, those types of at that point, you same as oh I'm going to go you know interview and get a job and, and right. do this. I, I'm I'm in it and I'm it's not just what I do, but it's really in the in a societal sense, it's who I am. Mm -hmm. And so when we see that connection. To what Paul's been talking about in the book of Ephesians, it, it expands the scope because the first three chapters of Ephesians, he's talking about who we are, no longer being defined by who we were uh, in our natural selves, not defined by society, not defined by our personal proclivities or our sinfulness, but, but forever defined by who we are in Christ. And so as as he's writing to believers in the church, his whole focus has been, look, here's the power of your identity in Christ. And because for you, because you are united to Christ and therefore to and you are the manifestation of God's glory on the earth as his church, you are his ambassadors representing him here. That is how you should live. And, with that as the backdrop, this oneness, uh, all things being reconciled to God, God bringing all things together under his kingdom rule in Christ. Then in chapters four, five, six, we see the working out of that, right? So, so the whole concept is because you're in Christ, this is how you should live. And, and this is why you should live that way. And this is the power that you have to be able to live that way. And, 521, he kind of brings a lot of those conduct matters uh, together under a heading. He has a few of these headings, and then, and then 
gives some details. And, and one of them here is 521, where he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he goes into this picture about wives and husbands. And I won't read through that or rehash it because we talked about that previously. But mm-hmm. this idea that because of Christ, for the sake of Christ, out of reverence for Christ, the right God-glorifying thing is for wives to submit to their husbands as submitting to the Lord, as if your husband is the Lord. That's how you're going to do this, because you're giving the picture, you're playing the role of the church submitting to Christ. And then he says, husband, play the role of Christ. You love your wives in the same way that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you sacrifice yourself for her sake. This is not about you being the the high and mighty one. This is about you laying your life down in the same way that Christ went to the cross for us. And then it goes into the children and and parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, And fathers or parents, do not exasperate your children or provoke them to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord, the nurture, uh, training, and instruction however your particular Bible rendering words that, the idea is still the same. We want to bring them up in the ways of God. And so in, in teaching family, let me, let me try that again. In, in the structure of the family, in the, in the orderly roles that God put together in the family structure, we are learning about who God is and how he relates to his people. So we see it in marriage, we see it in parenting, and then he makes the next jump to this slaves and masters. And, you know, as we're working through this and talking about the... Maybe that's why I was going that way, because it's not that bright, and so as a simple guy, I get the obvious thing. But, But that seems like kind of a an uneven parallel you know it doesn't really direct correspond you know right so you as a as a freelance writer you're not a slave to anyone not in that strict sense and you're not a master to anyone in that strict sense but you are a master to your child you are you know you are a slave sense to whoever is uh over you and you have to meet their deadlines you know right. you, as you're doing that so there's more than that and so right. as a as a white female in our society there's a particular status and position that goes along with that whether that is good or bad is for other people to to debate well, and talk say, the opinions on that are probably very yeah there's there's no shortage of, of those things and so when we see ourselves primarily through the lens of our human identity, whether slave or master, uh, or as Paul has said repeatedly here in Ephesians and in uh, Galatians and in a number of places, but very specifically there in Corinthians as well, he's saying, look, there, there's no difference in the, your status or, you know, all of your earthly status and position that just really amounts to bubkis. That doesn't mean a lot. What really matters. I is, wish Paul would have said bubkis. <laughs> I, I think he did in the Yiddish <laughs> Yiddish translation of the Bible. But you know, as we're looking at at who we are in Christ, that's the definition of self that matters, right? right. Not our position in society, but our position in Christ. So 
what defines me is no longer, you know, just throwing out things that, that are prominent in our world today. It's no longer whether I'm a man or a woman that defines me. It's no longer whether I am, uh, you know, gay or straight or whatever other thing is included in whatever new flag is brought out tomorrow. Uh, you know, it, it's no longer whether I'm black or white or Hispanic or Asian. It's no longer whether I'm wealthy or poor or educated or uneducated or Republican or Democrat or, you know, socialist, libertarian, whatever, whatever human divisions or definitions of identity we come up with. It, none of that matters. What matters is, are you in Christ or not? And if you're in Christ, then that shapes your conduct. That's and so it, interesting. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that's that's so interesting. If we if we narrow down the field and just uh, just include Christians in that, or you know, Christ followers in that, or people who claim to to be Christians, because still, even when you you narrow things down like that, it still so seems so divisive. I mean, right. there are, there are people who who claim to be christians who are as of course you know gay uh uh all sorts of things and and it's just people who right uh and bosses you know there's all kinds of right and so it's still so divisive and people see those things so much i think maybe even as as who they are you know as as even in this uh, LGBTQ movement, that is like such a strong identity for those people who are who are living that, and it is who they want to be defined as. And even people who, even if they don't want to, it's who they think they must be defined. Right, as. right. So, or you know, like you said, and many people, you know, kind of going back to the work thing. I was talking to my mom the other day, and she she's retired now, and and she says she basically said you know she doesn't know what her purpose is now because she worked her whole life uh you know and i think that that might be a generational thing like she she really identified as not necessarily her her job title but just as a working person (laughs) and and that was just what you do and you know no so i was just having that same conversation with my mother-in-law this morning and yeah. mentioned mom in, in that, you know, because we, your mom and I had, had that conversation. But I mean, that's common for so many people. And, and people go through that, you know, when they retire and all of a sudden, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what to do with my time. I, you know, I, my, I've had a routine my whole life. I've had an identity my whole life. Right. And all of a sudden that's gone. Now what? What do I do with that? Like right now, I would say, if I was just, you know, spouting things off, I would say I'm a single mother. My purpose is my child. And, right. and so I can identify that way. But, you know, if, if <laughs> there are, there are so many labels or, or ways we can look at ourselves and define ourselves. And I Absolutely. think it's what you're, what you're, what you're getting at here. And I, uh, you know, this is new to me too, because I, I think I focus too much maybe on the on the uh, employment side of things on, on Sunday, but you know, the identity is, is really what's important here. And I was, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you were talking earlier, um, does it not seem no matter what your situation is, everybody, I'm I'm probably going to tick some people off here because your people are going to think that they're, well, I'm not that everybody in some sense 
has both a little bit of slave and master in them. You're you're likely a slave to somebody, and you're likely a master to somebody. I think right? that's. I mean, am I wrong? No, I think I think so, you're nailing. So what Paul is directing here, we need to listen to both sides of the coin, right? And and how to act and how to be. Yeah, I think that's very valid because you know even if you know he's he's literally speaking to those who are in a position of slavery and right. those who are masters over them but the concept applies i think even in that first century setting as he's as he's writing this to the the church in ephesus and the surrounding area in that context at that time i think even then while the slave master thing is a literal uh, uh, instruction that that he's giving i think even the readers then would be able to uh, expand that to be able to say, you know what he's what he's saying here about slaves and masters, that also applies to this relationship that I'm in. It applies right. to my parent-child relationship. It right. applies to my to my uh, husband-wife relationship. Right. I need to conduct myself in with an attitude of submission, and even if I'm in a ruling position, whatever that re- relationship is, if I am the superior rank in, in a particular relationship, I still need to recognize that the person over whom I hold authority answers to the same master that I do. And I answer to the same master that they do. And ultimately we're both going to stand before God and, and, and how I treat them is that God's going to hold me accountable for that. And as I am submitting to let's, presume an unjust master. I think that's the tenor of, of what he's writing, especially when he writes it elsewhere and what Peter says in a parallel passage. When, when you look at those things, if I'm in a position of submitting to what I would consider unjust authority, I need to bear in mind that God doesn't hold me accountable for what my master, so to speak, does. He holds me accountable for what I do, for my conduct regardless of my position in society, but how well in the way I submit to someone else out of reverence for Christ, how well do I represent Christ? How well am I, uh, am I presenting the glory of God through the way I actually interact in these relationships? That is pretty right. tough, but that's a, that's a really heavy weight of responsibility. Sure. Sure. I've had, you know, I'm, I've been kind of going back to the employment thing. I've been lucky enough to be freelancing now for several years and, yeah. you know, working from working from home and, and, you know, whatever. And yeah, I have clients, but it's a different vibe when you're just talking to somebody behind a computer screen than having to go into like an office every day and, and right, deal yeah. with a deal with a boss who, because before I started doing this, I had a couple bosses in my life that were just, I mean, pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they people were scared of them. And, and, you know, they had this presence and uh, it just wasn't great. But, you know, it's it's hard to to figure out like the balance there as, as to how to be submissive the right way right. without getting, you know, I guess steamrolled for lack of a better term. And and so it's it's a hard balance in the workplace. It's a hard balance in life, I think, as a Christ follower to, to understand the right kind of submission. Because again, and we've talked about this, I think, every week throughout this series, um, submission 
kind of, I guess, for our culture can have a, a negative connotation to it. And it, right. a lot of people think that it means you just need to, you know, uh, get re- walked all over and, and whatever. And that's not necessarily true, but it's, it's, it's what you do, not what the other person does. Cause you can't control what they do. So it's interesting to me as we watch the models of submission in the scripture and, and most obviously most pointedly and, and most uh, significantly how Jesus himself handled submitting to authority and he unjustly treated uh, and, and he submitted uh, even unto death, uh, he did not revile in return, and all the things that we know about how he handled it. And yet, at the same time, Jesus was anything but a milk toast. Right. So, if you look at at how he walked through life, he did not hesitate to confront authority when that authority was outside of its rightful authority. So, when an authority right. figure was um, you know, to borrow from from Paul's uh, statements elsewhere, when when the when the 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 governing authority was not wielding the sword righteously, Jesus was not afraid to stand up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even his commendation of John the Baptist, who specifically was confronting political entities, uh, and Jesus did less of that. He confronted more of the religious entities but he he said there's nobody ever born of woman that was greater than john the baptist who went right after herod and said you can't do this you know those you know, those types of things always though in 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 all of these cases whether we're talking about john the baptist or Jesus, paul uh the the focus of their motivation uh and of their purpose and of the way the means the motive and the means of how they handled themselves is always focused on God's glory. It's always a matter of loving God first and loving others as I love myself. And that governs how they and how they handle submission and authority. Well, you even look at, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Uh, Once (laughs) I I get rolling here, I won't stop. (laughs) You even look at, uh, uh, oh shoot, who what? Simon Peter, I think, that, that cut the ear off of that soldier. Right. Um, and Jesus was like, whoa, hold up, <laughs> because I think that's a, another example. You know, this authority minute, figure. Something right. Hold up, something right. Um, this authority figure comes in. Uh, it is uh, we we obviously know that it's an unjust thing and, un, and, un, and uh, you know, a not true thing that they're, they're accusing Jesus of here. And so I think it's a very human, normal reaction to get angry and even in that situation, violent and, and try to take action. And uh, I, th- I think that's, I guess, an example of what not to do <laughs> yeah. as, as, as Jesus, you know, kind of reels them back in. About that because, you know, we're in a we're in a period of time when, you know, there's so much political upheaval and, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, police, uh, right. you know, police brutality, excessive use of force, uh, racism among the police and, and so on and so forth. So that we're talking about unjust treatment by those in positions of authority, right? And so when we see what's happening here in that particular story, the governing authorities come in. It's clearly unjust. It's clearly abusive. There's corruption. There's crookedness. There's payoff involved. There's all these different things. And it's ultimately going to lead 
to the murder of, right. of Jesus Christ, of, of this victim. But, and, and he knows that full well. Right. So from our human perspective, we would, we would be very inclined to say, you need to stand up for your rights. You need to fight against this oppressive government overreach. We'd probably be cheering Simon on. Say that one more time. I said we'd probably be cheering Simon's actions on. Right. Yeah. We'd we'd be calling for it. We'd you know right. we're in a place right now where people are freaking out over government overreach, uh, you know, regarding vaccines, and, and some people are up in arms that you how use the vaccine, and some people are up in arms. How dare you push me to get the vaccine? Right. And right. others are up in arms. How as the government or as my employer or whatever else. Uh, it was just actually prior to the podcast, having a text conversation uh, with my family. I've got uh, some sons in the military, and, and one of those sons uh, is particularly concerned about the vaccine and, uh, you know, is having to wrestle with, you know, military expectation. But it's not a mandatory vaccine. Limiting but what he there's, can do. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure right now that right, um, right. that is creating some situations. So he can submit to the authorities, to the, the person in authority, and give pressure, or as he likely sees. I didn't talk to him directly, but I can't say for sure. As he more likely sees it, the, the you don't have the authority to require this. Therefore. I'll withstand this pressure. I'll undergo whatever uh, coercion bring against me because you do not have the authority to require this. And at, at this time they do not, but that's probably coming. You know, we'll see how that right. goes. But, you know, I just, I actually was going to send it to you and I ran out of time in my schedule. I was watching a, uh, a YouTube video from Wretched Radio, Todd Friel, talking about mandatory vaccines. And so, you know, I think he just said mandatory fees because if you say vaccine or you say COVID mm-hmm. in your podcast, you may end up uh, being you know, <laughs> or fact checked and all that kind of right, stuff. Right. I've noticed that on I've noticed that on TikTok, people you can't say certain things, so people are like spelling it or whatever, right. so it doesn't yeah, get flagged. Yeah. We may have that here too. Who knows? Yeah. Any for all seven <laughs> of our listeners, but uh, <laughs> the. The, the whole issue that he was wrestling with was how do we submit to these authorities? And it was a pretty good discussion as much as you can have a discussion with one person. But, you know, as he's going through it, what kept striking me and, and I think has been striking me throughout the process of going through Ephesians uh, 5.21 to 6.9 is that submission isn't as complicated as we make it. I think we as Christians have a tendency to, as humans, as, as human Christians or Christian humans, we, we want to come up with rules. We want to keep coming up with detailed sure, sure. You know, checklist rules of how to handle this. And I think as I look at the scripture, because God could do this however he wants. He could give us a right. checklist for every possible scenario. He's God. But he doesn't do that. He, he leaves us to wrestle through these things black and white things in a world of gray. And what we know for sure is that we are to one another out of reverence for Christ. We know for sure that we are submit to the governing authorities, but we also know that we are not to submit to the governing authorities when those authorities uh, 
cast aside the, the reality that they have their authority from God, the ultimate authority. So right. we know that we are to obey God rather than men. Mm-hmm. And we look at the commands in Scripture regarding authority. There was nothing like democracy. There was nothing right, like right. you know a, a self-governing uh, group of people. And so when we look at the United States, for example, because obviously it's where we are and we understand this, the the ultimate authority in the United States is not the president right. and it's not the Congress and it's not the Supreme Court and it's not individual voters. So we don't have anarchy where we just make up our thing. We live in a Lex Rex society. The, there is a the, the, there is a constitution. There is a law that is king and mm-hmm. it is bigger than an individual. It's bigger than whatever is going on. And so for us to submit Governing authority means that we first and foremost submit to the Constitution. With uh, when I say first and foremost, I mean within this earthly authority structure. And so, a person who wields the uh, who wields the authority of a position within that government is still subject to the authority of those governing documents and. Even if the Constitution, uh, you know, what, whatever we're talking about, what, even the Constitution itself falls far short of God's law. So right. ultimately, rather than spend a lot of time parsing every possible detail, we need to live in such a way that when people see us, we are living such a good life among the pagans that even though they accuse us of wrongdoing, they know that we're living above reproach and they see and glorify God. Right. So if, if I am submitting in a way that uh, is only, sub, only lip service submission, right? And so mm-hmm. my, my American rebellion comes out, my human pridefulness comes out. And so I call myself submissive. We like to do that. We say, you know, kind of like I, I love everybody until I actually <laughs> have to put face names and flesh on it. So right. theoretically, I submit theoretically. I love that only matters when the rubber meets the road and we're dealing with people in real situations. So right. we have to wrestle and this is kind of, you know, what we didn't really get to talk about on, on Sunday a whole lot uh, is what do we do? How do we know whether to stand up or stand down? How do we how do we deal with these mistreatment, oppressive situations, and and how do we deal with government vaccine mandates? Because everybody's talking about it. We have a, a friend who's in a uh, in a healthcare situation where uh, you know even though this individual is not working with COVID patients, uh, their employer is uh, they're implementing a mandatory vaccine thing. Uh, mm-hmm. This particular individual knows enough about the vaccine. He's not an ignorant person. This is someone who's in the medical field and understands right. how mRNA technology works, uh, understands the, you know, the, the nature of vaccines, the process right. of approval, and is personally convicted that this is not something I am prepared to do. Right. However, the, the mandate is coming down, vaccination or termination, and our friend is going to have to 
make some decisions. Going to have to deal right. with that. Right. That's going to happen for people. So then, at what level of authority do we submit? I mean, uh, to what right. to what level of authority do we submit? Do we submit to the you know this employer to do things that are beyond what is rightful and reasonable? But at the same time, they are our employer, and they have the right to mandate what they want to mandate, whether that is good, bad, right, or wrong, we have this mutual contract between us, you know, that you have certain requirements, I either meet those requirements or I don't. So there's consequences with our choices. And I think that's where, as we, as Christ followers, are, are wrestling with all these things, we have to recognize that sometimes submission means I will not do this thing Mm-hmm. but I will submit to the consequences of this thing. And that was where Martin Luther King in, in his uh, version of uh, civil disobedience, as he promoted a nonviolent protest, he recognized there is a cost. And if we're not willing to pay the, cro- pay the cost to go to jail, to face whatever is coming with this, then we're not really, we need to be submissive even as we are in protest, as we are resisting. And that okay. it's tough for us to find the balance and the nuances. But ultimately, if we're walking through this life governed not just in a surface, because I know a lot of Christians who claim this as their rule of life, but don't really think it through. I think that's the problem we have, us have, is we think a lot, but we don't. And so we'll say, you know, my, my rule for life is love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And that governs everything I do. But then we don't look at all the implications of that. So if, if we put that to work for real in our lives and, we're, uh, and we are transformed by uh, Christ, and so now we're reborn and us is producing the fruit of the Spirit through us, then we're going to find that this mission aspect of it comes to us much more naturally than it than it, any kind of rule or list or here's what I do in this situation here's what I do in that situation we need to start with that attitude like Philippians 2 you know Paul says your your mindset your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or to be used to his own advantage, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And so as he's going right. through this, this whole picture of who we are, it's a mindset. It's a lens through which we view reality. And if we are focusing all of our energies on, uh, on letting our, our identity in Christ, our, our position in Christ, change things, it shatters every identity of this world, every defining identity that we see. And so then we recognize that, that we want other within the body because we belong to one another. We are one body. The only time that we start to see that become a problem is when we're no longer primarily identifying with Christ and his church, but I begin to identify with my flesh again and my pride comes up. If I get that out of the way and I myself and others through the lens of this identity in Christ one another within the body becomes something I desire and then if I take that and apply it outside the body if I'm living through the lens of 
submitting first and foremost to Christ. Therefore, I'm doing everything I can for the glory of God because his son is most precious of all. Then when I submit to someone outside of the body, whatever that authority is, whether they are righteous and kind or whether they're unjust and, and lousy, I do that knowing that and intentionally representing Christ in the world. So I, I submit, as Colossians 3.23 says, as if working for the Lord and not for human authorities, right? And so then on top of that, we're going to follow, we're going to do that, that submitting because I'm seeing my master, if you will, whatever that authority is over me, as if they are in the position of Christ. So just like a wife submitting to her husband, I want to submit to them as Christ does to the church. Now, right. when that comes to a place where that submitting to that authority diminishes or denigrates the glory of God, takes me into a, a position that is contrary to conviction, then, then I have to submit to the higher authority. I have to recognize that. I will always submit to whatever the greater authority is. And when I'm the one who's leading, then I need to do that recognizing that I answer to God for how I lead, how I rule, how I wield my authority. And in both cases, whether I'm slave or master, I need to do so with respect, integrity, and love. And that that changes everything about how I go about it. And my decision-making process is changed then. But it all comes through that idea that whatever I do, whether in word or deed, doing it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the, God the Father through him, from Colossians 3.17, our memory verse. So my conduct as a Christ follower isn't based on how society defines me. I, I submit as a slave, not because I'm a slave, but because I am free in Christ, and I submit as a slave to Christ. My conduct isn't based on my position in, in society, but on my position in Christ. Well, I think that uh, we're over time. Big surprise. We can go over time even more on the phone. Um, yes, we're under our average, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but we'll stop there. But I think that, I mean, I, mean, I hope that this um, helps to expand the conversation a little bit um, from what was talked about on, on last Sunday. Um, you know, it, just that it goes well beyond the workplace. Um, and it's it's goes into your very identity as a human being, as a Christ follower. Um, right. So I but know it, that, that includes the workplace. We don't want to forget. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Right. It's, it's workplace plus. It's all of it. But it's yeah, it's more than nine to five. <laughs> it's more than more than nine to five. Uh, so we will stop there. Um where it's it's gonna be Sunday again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, this, so we'll have this more uh, late podcasting late in the week really throws me off because I'm in yeah. the middle of preparing for the armor of God in, in six ten and following and I had to right. shift my mind back to this. Sorry. Well, so we'll, we'll release this one. We'll release this one today and uh, we'll have another one for you on Tuesday and hopefully we can get things back on our, our uh, normal schedule here after that. So yeah, our apologies to those who usually watch on, on YouTube or, or on right. Facebook and it, you know, we'll, we'll put links out there where we can, but yeah, say la vie. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is as good as hey, it's going to get. Sarah. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, feel free to email us at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. You can leave a message on Facebook or YouTube, or you can leave us a voicemail either on the Anchor app, which is what we're using right now, or uh, by calling the church at 269-756-RLCC. 
And uh, we also will post, as usual, uh, if you want to go back and listen to the sermon, it's both on the Real Life website or on uh, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this. You can go back and listen to Sunday's sermon uh, and also the one for tomorrow after it's after it's done. Well, it'll be up tomorrow evening. So, yeah, I, that's all I have, Rich. That's a lot of stuff. Come find us in the Twitterverse. Oh, yeah, do that, too. <laughs> We're we're all over. We're hard to avoid. We're everywhere. We're like we're the everywhere. We're everywhere. We're like sand. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will catch you later. Bye, Rich. Bye bye. <laughs>